to the Win of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. Hello. And Mama Kay. Hello. And tonight we are doing Inception, Christopher Nolan film. Got another or Christopher Nolan we? film coming up. Or are That's, we? That is a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, Inception, also known as think it's super hard, complex, and crazy. And then some people are like, oh, it's so, it's so dumb and it doesn't actually make any sense. And then... I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of polarizing opinions on Inception. Uh, I'm assuming we've all seen this before. I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, Nicole, um, this is the movie that I always I have a running joke saying that the first time I watched this, I took a nap for eight hours and I woke up and the movie was yeah because things move slower so in the dream in the dream world. <laughs> right, I was going to say you you need to know which which part of the dream you're in then get out of that. <laughs> I think perhaps it's because it's super long. It's long, but I didn't remember any of it. So this was basically, I'll say, this was. The oh, first okay. Time I didn't know I've you didn't it. know how the actual plot was, but uh, stay awake this time. Very, very, very loose knowledge. Well, okay, you've seen this before. I have seen this before, and if you were to ask me who stars in Inception, I would. A hundred percent emphatically say Tom Cruise, um, even though he is not in this movie nope, he's at all. Nobody so in this. I don't. Re- he's not in this movie, and um, that tells you how much a-, a I paid attention the first time. And also, um, the only thing I remember is that little spinning top doohickey thingy. That's pretty much what I remember from this movie. Uh, and and bending. It doesn't buildings. have the uh, uh, Tom Cruise, but it's. Up. Star-studded with Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, Ken Watanabe, Dilip Rao, Killian Murphy, Tom Berenger, Marianne Coulthard, Pete Postlethwaite, and Michael Caine, who Nicole always mistakes for Christopher Nolan, because I refer I refer to the three Batman movies that Christopher Nolan made, the Christopher Nolan Batmans, and so when she sees and and that Michael Caine is Alfred the Butler. So when I say Christopher Nolan Batman, she's like, oh, you mean the old guy in Batman? I'm in like, my defense. why would you think when I say the Christopher Nolan Batman, I'm referring to Batman's butler. That's why I call them the in Christopher the Nolan Batman. In my defense, I know who Michael Caine is. I know what he looks like. I could, I could recognize his name and face, but for some reason, it just always trips me up. And when you say that, I just automatically picture him. Yes. Well, he's no Tom Cruise. No, he's also no uh, Christopher Nolan, although they are frequent collaborators. Uh, Dom Cobb is a skilled thief, the absolute best in the dangerous art of extraction, stealing valuable secrets from deep within the subconscious during the dream state when the mind is at its most vulnerable. Cobb's rare ability has made him a coveted player in the treacherous new world of corporate espionage, but it has also made him an international fugitive and cost him everything he has ever loved. This is a long thing. I wouldn't have read it if I had read the whole thing. now Cobb is being offered a chance at redemption. One last job could give him his life back, but only if he can accomplish the impossible. Inception. There you go. So that is, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's a long synopsis because people are confused about everything in this movie. Uh, I'll, we'll try to explain it to you as best you can. I don't find it that confusing myself, but I've also seen it four or five times, so that helps, I guess. If you've not seen Inception, uh, it's on Prime right now, I think is where I saw it. So if you have any interest, go yes. check it out on Prime. It's streaming there. It is long, as Nicole said. It's about two and a half hours. Uh, but yeah, it's we're, we're going to be doing Tenet coming up, another long Christopher Nolan movie with mind-bending stuff. So do you want to... Is Michael Caine in that? He is. He's supposed <laughs> to be in that. Oh, okay. What about Tom Cruise? I don't think so. No. That's got, uh, <laughs> it's got Robert Pattinson like and, uh, and uh, Denzel's kid. I always forget his name. Uh James David or David David Washington something it's it's a very plain name but if you haven't seen Wait Inception now there's two Robert Pattinson movies coming out you can never have enough if you uh, have not seen Inception on Prime we're gonna spoil it now we rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria and those are the plot the characters the visual and sound and the overall resonance and feel of the movie and watching this this time through the lens of trying to uh, I was trying to understand this time why people were so confused on it, and I think it's because the first 10 minutes is the most confusing part of the movie. There's a lot of time jumping, there's a lot of location jumping, uh, but the whole point is Dom, who is Leonardo DiCaprio, leads this team of corporate espionage, 
uh, where they go inside people's dreams and take stuff. And the target at the beginning is Sato, uh, Ken Watanabe. And uh, you find out through dialogue in the beginning that Saito has hired them to uh, as like a test to see if he can do the real if they can do the real job. So we have to kind of learn like the in and outs of like how the dream the dream moving works, how time works in the dreams, how to get out of the dreams, what you can and can't do uh, in the shared dreams, who has what roles. So I understand in the first beginning of how this could be complicated. I think they do a very good job through the next hour, especially through the Ellen Page character, who is like an up-and-coming architect, uh, they'd explain all of the different rules of the of the uh, dream traveling and what you can do and what you can't do. And the whole point of this movie is Saito wants uh, to basically break up the his opponents. He, he owns a big energy conglomerate, and he wants to break up his big opponent's company. Uh, the original owner is dying. His son is taking over, and he thinks if he can plant the idea of, and that's Inception, plant the idea in his head uh, to break up the company on his own, he will do so, and then it'll prevent uh, his competitor from having giant market share. So uh, Dom is reluctant because it's really hard, and he has a whole personal past with his wife, which we'll learn about. Uh, but Saito is very powerful, and he will offer him uh, his life back in America with his kids. He's a wanted fugitive. We will learn why later. Uh, but that is why Cobb wants to do this. He assembles his team, which has all these different people that have different specialties, and they're going to infiltrate the dream, go three dreams deep, dream within a dream within a dream, and they actually go an even step further. And they're going to try to get Killian Murphy, the son of the rich guy, to uh, break up his father's company, uh, but come up with it on his own by, by dreaming about it very deeply. Uh, Mama K, what do you think of this plot? For me, the problem with not explaining it in the first 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes, it's longer than that, uh, even in dream sequence time, is that by the time he gets to the point where he wants to try to explain it, I don't really care because he's, I don't know what's going on so hard that I, d I don't care what they're doing. So when the Ellen Page character comes, she's a godsend, right? She's she's actually us going. She's the, the exposition the first... character. She's the audience surrogate. Yeah, totally. And and she needed to step in at the beginning. I realized that he, you know, every this movie is nothing if not infinitely pedantically written line by line and letter by letter and so frustratingly like that it's trite to me um so here we go this is why people don't like this movie is because it, it is too much it's way too um it's it's too much I, I don't know how long christopher nolan spent doing this movie but i can imagine it was a big chunk of his life because it seems like he wanted to make a perfect movie, did not want to get anything wrong. Um, but I think he neglected to consider a regular audience. That's an exposition. That's not really anything about the plot exactly. But I wanted to get that right away and be like, this is this is the problem that I have with the movie. And so it, because I don't care about it in the beginning, it's hard for me to really connect with the characters i try um and like i said ellen page character is one that i connect with there's a couple other characters i connect with because i like the actors and i think they do a good job the plot of the movie would be really great and it's a very interesting thing i don't know we're just not that smart we're just not we're we're just not you know not that smart to to go this deep with something that can't really really be explained and he doesn't he doesn't do a good job in um you know trying to offer that information to the regular person trying to see this movie. Uh, I love it's delving into something like dreams and it's coming and it doesn't seem crazy. It doesn't seem um, science fiction-y. Um, even when buildings are turning and it still seems real to me. So I, I think he, I think for me, there, there's a piece of it that he, he did write. Um, but so much of it is so, so structured that it's really annoying for me. Um, so that downgrades the plot. The plot for me would probably be at a four and a half, but the fact that it takes me so long to get there and then I don't care by the time we start uh, brings it down to a three. What do you think, Nicole? I was going to start my rating with what I thought was an unpopular opinion, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to be that way because you kind of <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth, Mom K. I, I really... 
agree that it it takes such a long time for us to get into the mechanics of what's going on that you do start to really lose interest in what is their what the words are the, what the meaning is that they're trying to convey of, of what they're doing um if we didn't have the, the explanation and we kind of just went into it and just went in with the with the movie and we got maybe explanation as things go i would i think i would much more prefer that instead of this long conversation between Cobb and uh i can't remember ellen page's character's name but anywho that long like uh description of what all this is one came too late i totally agree at this point i'm already confused so now you're going to try to clear it up with things that you're saying but they don't mean they don't mean anything to me anymore because that's like long gone when i was the confusion now Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to make it work myself if you want to say that it's a lot to try to understand and i don't want to seem stupid but like the the basics of it are you understand it they're going in within people's dreams and they have manipulation ability in the dreams to have people do certain things that they want them to do and i feel like i just explained the movie in eight seconds when they took two hours to do it so that's where i kind of get my hang up on it is i think that it's just really too much detail that in turn creates more confusion than if we were just doing things and you know, let's say that we're in a dream sequence and and uh, Ellen's character says something like, well, how are we going to get out of this? And that's when they can explain the music. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have this giant... Exposition. Ex- yeah, exactly, about the music and, and show it 15 times. And the, um, but wouldn't you be confused just... if they didn't do so much exposition? Isn't that why the beginning is confusing? Because it drops you in without telling you what's happening explicitly? Well, if we're going to... Okay, if they're going to have it, I totally agree with what Mama K said, and let's have it a little bit sooner. I'm not feeling anticipation, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not yearning to know what the deal is. I just want it to happen so I can be immersed in it and learn with them. I don't feel like I'm learning with her because nothing, it's not matching up for me. So with that being said, I think that it's a really interesting, unique movie. I think that the whole. Uh, It's not even, you know, you see so many movies of time travel, but this is not time travel. This is like dream travel. And within that, yeah, yeah, and within that you get differences of time. So it's a a different spin on it. It's definitely something unique. Um, I applaud him for trying to make something so. So I'm going to give it a three for now for, for the plot because it was interesting, but it was overwhelming. Um, I I think Inception's the kind of movie that you're gonna like the most on a second or third watch. I've seen it more than that, and it starts to, to decline a little in value at a certain point. We always say there's movies that are like great first time, and then they don't hold up, or they get better with rewatches. This peaks at the second or third rewatch, because uh, then you know what's coming. You, the beginning is I love the beginning now. It's one of my favorite parts. Because I know all the rules and what's happening. He drops you in as if you already understand how everything's happening. And if you do, because you've seen it before, or because, I don't know, you just notice every little thing, then it's, I think the be- the beginning is really good. I like the whole, the whole actual heist part, too. It's a little long and played out. Um, the exposition parts, though, I think do a good job at keeping the average audience member understanding. I think it's the reason why this is... It's got like an 87 critic, 90-something for user. It's pretty high with users. Most people who see this like it. And I think it's because they... Well, I think it's two reasons. One, they dumb it down to lots and lots of exposition in the middle so that you can understand the rules when, you know, there's fighting sequences later and there's countdowns. You understand time's moving differently here and here. You understand that uh, Maul, the, the wife, like why she is in there and why her popping up's a surprise and why she's not supposed to be there and why you, and you learn things about Cobb's character when we get to characters about why he doesn't build stuff anymore and why he is certain ways and all the little totems. I think they do a lot of good world building. It's just really long and slow. 
which is fine because it's a hard it can be a hard concept to grasp if they didn't explain it so much. Uh, the other thing why I think people like this general audiences like it is uh, it is full of action. It's it's crazy. It's almost too it's too much action for me. Uh, you could cut about <laughs> half an hour of explosions and ch- car chases and gun chases because it's so oh it's so much. You don't really need that much, and that's why it's so bloated and long. Um, to stuff that I don't like as much in Christopher Nolan movies. I think he I like his more cold and calculated, slow moving things as opposed to long drawn out action sequences. Um, so you like a giant white van taking the whole movie to get dumped into the river? I think that's a good visual. I, th- I like that as a good visual marker. <laughs> I love you, that visual. To tell you how far along view. the other dream. I like that we cut between dreams. And we get to that whole chunk of the movie, which is like, it's like the s- second half of the whole movie is the big heist. I think the heist is really good. It's the bridge between the opening and the heist that's long and drawn out. But I'm I'm personally never bored until now. Now that I know everything, if that's why I say it caps out at two or three views because once you know everything, you see you watch the first scenes. You're like, all right, I get it. Fast forward to the Killian Murphy in the in the plane, and then go from there. Um, all that said, I give the plot I think like a four. Major points for originality. Uh, keeps me fairly engaged the whole time on repeat viewings. I think. Second or third, you'd be max engagement. Lots of plot holes, though, which I, we could talk about in the in the uh, in the uh, the big heist sequence. Uh, but the characters, good amount of characters. Back to you, Nicole. What do you think? Oh, well, there's a lot to dive into in this movie, um, character-wise. I mean, there's so many different moving parts of this, and thinking about it now, in my head, I'm just like, was there anybody who? perhaps we could have cut out that is making this too excessive. And I honestly don't think so. Um, so I, I think that the cast and the characters w- was a great choice for this movie. Um, we needed somebody like Leo, who is more experienced than the others in the inception process and things. We needed, what's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Guy, yeah. We needed him because he seems like he knows more of the mechanics of things and you know how to how to manipulate things outside of the dream if you want to say that i like ellen page's character because um as we stated she's more of the i don't want to say human-esque part of it but like she's this normal person who doesn't even get any of this and then gets brought into it so just like us has no background of it but progressing throughout the movie she understands more just like we do so i really appreciate that i don't really like the reason that they're doing this <laughs> um yeah get it but i wish it was something more interesting like this is this is boring i'm like oh this really rich guy is trying to get rid of his opponent uh uh the other business i'm like that's boring i wish it was something cooler since they're doing such a cool thing of of the dream traveling and stuff i'd have to say that i really think that my favorite character is tom hardy's character yeah um I just I think he's so fun in this and he adds the he adds the humor to it uh that you would need in an otherwise very serious movie. Um I really like him in this. I just I uh I like what his character has to do and I like what he can do. It's, it's a little uh, more outer worldly than what the rest of the cast can do. I don't quite understand how he has this superpower to manipulate himself into somebody else doesn't seem like anybody else can so that's interesting uh, maybe you guys have an answer for that that i'm missing but um i do like what he has to offer this i don't know how i really feel about maul honestly i don't know how i mm. feel about her i like the device i like her as the as the plot device um the character itself i don't know how i really feel about it but the characters honestly are the strongest for point of this movie for me i think that you know they like i said they all have their specific thing they have to do and they all do it so very well that it's okay that the movie is two and a half hours long because i'm interested in watching these people i'm interested in seeing what they're gonna do who survives who doesn't blah 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 blah. so i'm gonna give it um a 4.5 for the characters what do you think uh mama k 
Yeah, I like I like what Nicole is saying about this. I kind of feel the more she was talking, the more like, yeah, I'm, I'm really aligned with that, too. Um, and I my favorite character is the Tom, the Tom Hardy character. Um, and I also I don't care for Mal. I don't understand. Uh, first of all, terrible name. And I know I mean, <laughs> you can tell by the design of this film that every um, every single piece means something. You've got you know, there's a lot of escheresque things going on i'm sure that the ames character was probably named for the furniture designing couple and i just feel like there's so much going on and then you have this woman whose name is mal which means bad and you know that straight up you know right. um <laughs> that's like a good so Darth it's that's when fought the double blade lightsaber <laughs> Yeah, and every time somebody says her name, it just makes me kind of cringe a little because I'm like, oh, that's so like, that's everything else that he tries to be very, you know, sneaky and kind of covert and smart and everything about. And then he just puts this right in our face. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that at all. I felt the same um, way. I wanted her name to be something else. And then I might have felt something else different for her. Um, I do like the actress. I like Marion Cotillard. I like that she, I think it's ironic that the song in there is the, um, the Edith Piaf song, uh, Je ne Gretzlian, and she played Edith Piaf in the movie. Um, so there's some interesting things going on there. You know, I don't, I don't know that I enjoy Leonardo DiCaprio. I, uh, did in I general or in this? I mean, Ooh. Uh -oh. Ooh. yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I saw the Revenant, whatever, um, you know <laughs> whatever wolf of, wolf of whatever wolf of wall street i no i i just don't i don't think i do i don't think i enjoy him very much i liked him in catch me if you can i mean that's so yeah. long ago though yeah it is um and titanic i mean you so know you like what? him when he's that's, like young i don't know i don't i have a hard time seeing that's the problem you know i have problems with some of some of these more famous actresses i have a hard time seeing them as a character i see him as leonardo dicaprio playing a dude um, and it doesn't work for me. Um, it's a little bit the same way with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. And his character is so stringent and it's so weird that he's the one that winds up doing like this flying fight bit in a hallway that lasts entirely too long. Um, <laughs> that's the one part. That's the one fight scene I'm okay with lasting long, but we'll get to that in visual and sound. It lasts a long time, and maybe it's not the fight scene that bothers me. It's the fact that he's having to drag this um, uh, pancake statue of people with him <laughs> along <laughs> to the next. I know what my quote's going to be. I, I already know. Um, that you know, it's the pancake platter going up, and and he has to drag them along to their next Short destination. <laughs> it's kind of a tall stack, actually. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I think that lasts too long. I feel like he's like, uh, and, and how long it takes him to like make the elevator thing do. There's so many scenes in this oh that just God, the characters, it takes these things, right? It, it just takes so long for things to happen. And then we cut to a scene of the van still slowly going off the side, <laughs> which I, I like, like that. that. Yeah. I, I like I like it too, but it makes the other parts just seem that much longer, I think. I like the character of the van driver guy. He's kind of fun to have around. I don't Yusuf. really remember exactly what he does. Yusuf, yeah. He's the he's um, the he's the guy who made like the super strong uh uh, thing that would put him under. He has like the that underground opium den that were old people drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's like second level, fine. Third level, whoa. Okay, yeah, we could do that, you know. And I think the characters, I think all of the characters are, it, it could go to the point where they get a little bit too much and they become caricatures, but they don't, with the exception of Leonardo DiCaprio. Sorry. Um, I think they don't become caricatures, and I like that. They sort of remind me of how everybody in, um, like, the Oceans movies has to have a, a part that they play. So all of these guys are different, si different shape pegs in the right hole. Um, or else it doesn't work for me. I like the actors that they chose to do all of these things. I love all the little pieces of it. Pete Postleway is great to see every so often. And I could totally buy that he and Killian Murphy are related. And Could you buy that uh, Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio and uh, and Michael Caine are, are father and son? Because Nicole was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that didn't really work for it's me like Grandpa either. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Said, oh, look, it's Christopher opinion. Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> well, even then, I was really glad to see Alfred the butler. Um, so, yeah, I thought the characters were the best part of this movie, and I don't know that that was the actual intent of Christopher Nolan. So uh, I'm going to also give them a four and a half. We, this probably is the category we're going to line up the most on. I think I agree with you guys completely on the characters. Everyone needs to be here. Tom Hardy's maybe the best. I like I like uh, uh, Mr. Sato, too. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's He's got some funny stuff in here. I like him as the frenemy uh, who ends up having kind of the, not, not, I wouldn't say quite a heart of gold, but like he does the right thing. Um, and I also think that Mal Mall is the weakest character and I don't like her inclusion in this and I don't, th- mm. and I don't think, uh, I don't know how, you- cause the whole thing is to give Dom this emotional anchor and arc to all the things that are happening. It adds a secondary right. antagonist because we don't have an antagonist antagonist. We have random dream fighters. Killian Murphy's the bad guy, but he's not really because we're working with him. Like he's our target. He's not a bad guy. Same with no, Mr. He's Saito. He's the friend of me. Like he has his own motives, but we have to work together to get this thing that we all kind of collectively want. So Mal is the bad guy, but she seems shoehorned in. Um, and it's supposed to give us the emotional tugs and moments, which I mean, Christopher Nolan does a lot of really great things in his movies, and he what he does not do is create emotion. I've never even so much as, like, sniffled at a Christopher Nolan movie, and I cry at everything. <laughs> he just doesn't make those kind of movies, and I don't like when he tries, because I don't think he understands what human emotion is. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 would, I would exclude that. The kids... Like, we're supposed to, like, when we see them randomly and Dom looks up and they're like, oh, they show up like, oh, remember? Like, or is it foreboding because Mal's coming? Are we supposed to feel something, like, bad for Mal? I don't I don't care about Mal. So, um, no, no good for her. But, the, but our, well, when we're doing spy extraction stuff, that whole chunk of the movie that is entering Killian Murphy's dream all the way through to the end, I love all that stuff. And, Nicole, I was, like, surprised. You seemed pretty engaged in that part. You know, it was, there were parts Which that part? were... Basically, the the second half where we're actually in the dream doing stuff, we we pointed Hoss. out we pointed out some stuff and laughed at how bad like, oh this is George Gordon Levitt. You've been doing this for forty minutes. Like I thought you had three minutes. Dude. Like there's there's stuff. <laughs> <I, laughs> there there were there totally are plot holes in that part. Like like exactly what you just said when when they're in the the snow area. Oh, so much they shooting. Like, oh, well, they were like, okay, Yusuf has ten seconds. Uh, Levitt has uh, three minutes and we have 60 minutes. I'm like, okay, so he has enough time to go to the top four hotel room, then come down, then fight the one uh, black guy, then go down and tie all the people up, then come back out and fight the guy behind the bar cart, then get into the elevator, do the little <laughs> twist then put all these little things planted on top. This is not three minutes. His part seems <laughs> longer than the snow, like the, the Call of Duty snow fight, because, yes. and, and, and that is mostly just like, Watching, you know, we watch Leo snipe people, and then we watch Tom Hardy basically kill an entire army by himself on a snowmobile, which is <laughs> well, fu- he's awesome. It's it's fine so. once, and it's okay twice, and then by the fifth time, I'm like, all right, I get it. He took out a hundred people by himself. I get, it. and uh, and then they have to go when they have to go to the fourth level when they have to go to um, the. I guess we're done with the characters. I'm also at a four or five uh, uh, with you, Nicole, and, and uh, I think Mama K is that what you gave it. Um, Yes, the the characters are actually surprisingly good in this. It's just uh, if Maul weren't there, this would be um, tough to tough to throw a a wrench into. But uh, visual and sound, I I think this is the best time to talk about. I mean, there's stuff that happens in the beginning stuff when Alan Page is exploring the world. But all of my favorite visual and sound moments are in the big heist time thing. Um, Mom, okay, what do you think of the visual and sound? Um, When you're saying the big heist time thing, are you talking about when they're like on the planet Hoth? I, the the heist is from when they get on the airplane until yeah. they wake up at the end. So it's the, the I don't like it being called a heist. I don't like it. Well, what do you want to call the the Inception mission? The yeah, that's fine. Fine. The, the Inception mission. <laughs> I like the entire Inception mission, from when they drug Killian Murphy to when they all wake up at the end. Or well, do they? not everyone wakes up? Or do but, they? Okay. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> or do they? That's no, what I, I when I say the mission. Another... That's what I'm referring to. The heist. That's what I'm referring to. 
Okay. Well, I hate Hoth. So, I mean, in real life, I don't. But in this movie, I don't like it. I don't understand why we had to go to there. Because that just, that takes me out of this movie for me. It reminds me of Hoth. Also, it reminds me of like a bad James Bond movie. And then, you know, you take my favorite character and Tom Hardy and, and you do all of these crazy things with him on, on that, you know, during that time. And it's like, oh, that's a bummer because I really didn't want that to, I didn't want it to look like this. Um, I just think putting people on skis is a bad idea always. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of many James Bond movies where they're on skis and snowmobiles. Yeah, and like, always. Uh, it's you know, always so hopping cheesy out looking. of a helicopter, and it looked like that for me on this one too. I mean, there's some Mission Impossible stuff that does it that I think does it badly. I think in Civil War, that's the worst part of that is when you know they're on the ice or wherever they are, and uh, I don't know russia somewhere i don't that that's also always and i and i like the winter but for some reason people just don't do it upright unless it's a cabin with you know warm flannel um <laughs> none of that happens in this movie though so um the parts that i the you know cinematography is is out the window also so is you know the music in this um is great this is where this is where it shines for me i don't particularly it's not my uh how do I put it? Because it kind of is my aesthetic, but seeing it in this kind of movie, I don't enjoy I don't enjoy this movie. So I, I'm kind of like, I'm torn between really liking all of <laughs> the artwork. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really torn between really liking all the artwork and, and every little, you know, thing that he's done. And then, you know, knowing that he was so pedantic to do every one of those little things just bothers me. So, um, I love the the st- never ending staircase situation. Oh, that's great! Um, yeah, yeah. I like I like all of the nods to like you know super weird artsy fartsy kind of things. You know when the city rolls up and you got a top above you and a bottom below you. You know I'm also buying that and that's not right. So um, I like all that stuff, but because it's I don't know because it's so overdone that maybe that's what I'm trying to get to is that everything seems overproduced, over, over thought out, overdone, over manipulated. Uh, why did we have to go to level four? Everything is just extra and plus one and infinity. Um, <laughs> so that's a bummer. So uh, to give it creds for the cinematography and, and the, the music i think those are both fives for me but how it all plays out it's too it's too much it's like it's like the kitchen sink it's just way over done over produced over manipulated uh so that's gonna bring it down to a four for me what do you got nicole first i have to say that this movie probably cost a shit ton of money to make <laughs> it costs i got it right here 160 mil so a standard That's high ridiculous. yeah and also 2009 2010 so okay yeah i mean yeah, it was high for it's high for any time but back then especially yeah the quality is obviously there for the budget so you know there's no harm no foul with that i can understand why they spent that much money on this and it 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 shows to what they they that, that they did it wisely one thing that I, <laughs> one thing that I hate is movies that manipulate time. <laughs> yeah, you said um, that on Palm Springs. The worst part of Palm Springs is that it's a time travel movie <laughs> or a time loop yeah. movie. <laughs> I can't, I can't jive with the time manipulation. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm very just concrete. That doesn't happen in life, so I don't believe it. Type of thing. This is a little different, but still not buying it. But I can see the effort that was put into this movie to make it look like these are these are dreams and there's reasons why certain people can maneuver one way and why other things can't happen. So I get it. They show it well enough that I'm not as bothered as I could be. So I, I think that's a that's a compliment. Um <laughs> I uh no really I get exactly what... what you're saying. That's ex- I should have been way more bothered by this. <laughs> and I was. It's a lot. It's a to testament to how in. well it's done that it didn't bother you more. Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> um <laughs> We're in one agreement. thing that I yeah, <laughs> one thing that I do really like is the amount of breadcrumbs they leave us throughout the whole thing. There's just little 
uh, conversations that they have that are totally key to the rest of the movie. One thing that sticks out in particular to me is when Arthur and Ellen Page's character are talking, they're discussing that, you know, you can't, you can't kick, flip, kick? What did they do? Do they kick or flip somebody? What do you mean when you, when you wake up, you get, you get the kick? <laughs> the kick. You can't do a yeah, kick flip kick. in a dream. Like, pop it, lock it, pop it. Um, when they do the kick... They have to have. There has to be gravity, or it won't happen because there's nothing for you to to hit. Bump up, and yeah, yeah, and that's such a smart crumb to leave in the beginning because that's why we have to give Arthur eight uh, eight hours to (laughs) lasso everybody up in the hotel room. So right, (laughs) that's correct. Um, (laughs) um. But and then you know the other thing that I really like in it is the is the music aspect of it with the headphones where mm-hmm. you know they're telling they're telling these people that they could literally be stuck in limbo for the rest of their lives if they don't wake up after being killed in the dream or the inception or whatever. But this music can alter that and you'll be fine or you'll wake up or whatever like it's like the it's like the warning call that it's almost time to get out of there Mm -hmm. so i do really like that part too totally overwhelming with everything else like i i am just me i think me and mama k are on the same page with this movie it's just so oversaturated with stuff that it's trying so hard to have all these manipulations in it like the paradox staircase and the mirror that ellen page brings in when they're in that first Mm -hmm. time um it's just so much stuff that that those things don't really mean anything for the rest of the movie what we're trying to what we're trying to do is have people dream inside of a dream inside of a dream and not get fully killed or wake up in any of those parts and yeah. it could have been much more streamlined to get that effect. So I am going to... I don't even know if I've seen that before. Oh. Really? I'm not I a, can believe I'm that. I'm not a good movie watcher. I'm not a good movie watcher. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 3.5. So I'll talk about the parts that I really like. So the, the, the stairway fight... With Joseph Gordon or the uh, stairway, um, the hallway fight with Joseph Gordon and the and the other guy, uh, that is like a that is a real set they built, and so when you see everything tilting like that, that's actually them like thrashing all over the place. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt had to train for weeks in that giant. He called they called it like a giant like torture hamster wheel, so they could get like the moves and stuff right, <laughs> and it looks fantastic. It's it looks really good and really real. It does. Um, and it's contrasted with other parts of the movie where I think the CGI looks mm, pretty bad. There's one moment. <laughs> I know. There's the one moment. And skiing. It all, <clears throat> skiing. Skiing. No, that's not one of the. There's one moment where it's so obvious and so horrible, and it's before the the big mission at the end when Ellen Page and Leo are first in the world, and they tilt the buildings on top of themselves. So it does like yeah. oh the streets are going everywhere, they're sideways and everything, and they walk up the wall, and then the wall, and then they, their bodies like turn, and now they're walking on like the wall, but it's regular. That looks terrible. It looks so bad. They're like, he- just imagine the harness that they're in to do this. Oh, part. I don't. You can see it. You it's, know? I don't think it's practical. It looks like a Gumby effect. It looks like they like. Yeah, it weird. looks. Te- it doesn't look natural <laughs> at all. Like while well, all the other stuff in the dreams, even when it's bendy, it seems like natural movements of people. The objects move weirdly, but the people move right. And in that, it's the people go all Gumby looking. It's terrible. Um, so there's stuff in here that I don't think holds up or works anymore. Um, the and then uh, one more plot hole other than the time thing uh nicole mentioned the kick i i I tried to defend it and i'm still a little confused that van is getting thrashed uh in in dream level one it tumbles down a hill and they feel the effects like their glasses tilt or whatever um with 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 uh their drink inside but that that doesn't equal a kick like none of that's gonna be a kick yeah like eh Dude, they got hit by a train, and nothing fucking happened. <laughs> they rolled I, the van. I can almost forgive it happening Roll. in the first. I, I can almost forgive it happening in the first level because in the first level 
they're sedated the level above that, which is the real world. But when you're in the second level and the thing in the first level happens, I would think that would kick you to the first level. Because at the end, they're all kind of in the first level and then they go back to the real world. Like, we see them all kind of, like, Killian Murphy's hanging out with uh, fake with fake uncle who the Tom Hardy's manipulating. Like, once they get out of the lower dream stage, they're kind of in dream level one for a little bit. And then the sedative wears off and they wake up. So I kind of give that the train a pass but when they're in the lower levels the van tumbling shit anyway yeah. that's plot that's plot stuff um music wise uh this is one of the songs that when i was in college everyone just listened to when they did like homework and studied and stuff a lot of people i knew really? uh would throw on movie set movie uh, scores was like the big thing to listen to it was popular at the time i guess to i don't know if people still do it to just like study and like and uh, do your homework too, and P- this was always in the rotation of scores. This and another Christopher Nolan movie, uh, the, uh, the Dark Knight. So maybe it's just this <laughs> type of music that people just like studying to. But uh, I, I think it's. I actually do work to soundtracks. Like when I'm at work and I'm by myself. Well, there you go. I put soundtracks on. I don't know if you'd put this one yeah. on, but this one was frequently in the rotation of uh, no. of, uh, of many people I knew personally. So. Uh, not even necessarily because of the movie, just because they like the music. So I, I'm I'm higher on the visual and sound. There are stuff that doesn't hold up, and there's stuff that doesn't make sense. So I'm only at a four. It sh- it could be a little higher just because of the innovation. Um, but uh, I I think it's still a, a strength of the movie. The ending. So the ending before the ending is uh, <laughs> Cobb makes peace with uh, his. There's one thing that there's one thing that we didn't talk about yet that's pretty important to all of this, which is the totems. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like that they use those. Um, obviously, that's one of the biggest symbols of this movie. When people see the little top, they automatically know what it's from. Do you wish that they were used more? Like, the only person that really used it was Leo's character. Uh, Everybody else really never even used it. We don't see them use it very often, but I think it's because Leo's character has the least of a grasp on reality because he's the one who had to spend... 50 years in limbo so he does he he's always unsure where he is and that's why when he comes out of dreams he's the one when we see him in the bathrooms frantically trying to spin the trough and splash water in his face like every time he goes right. under which he needs to do for his own psyche because he needs to see mal and he needs to do ever work and all these other things every time he comes out he's all like it's like like ptsd and he needs mm-hmm. that and the top is just the best device like you could roll a die and have it come up in the same number in a dream every time or you could I don't know what's that one page. It's like a custom made chess piece, but the the top spins, yeah. and if it topples over, you know it's real, and if it doesn't, you know it's not. So that's a. I think it's just the best visual representation is the top. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. only a plot device for him. I mean, they had to carry it on to have her make her own. But we, you're right, we don't really see it in 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 very many other instances, and I think that's wise. They were just trying to put it out there that everybody has one of these, but you know he has to use his. Sure. And yeah, his wow. is the, his is the most visual. His is the one for movie making is the most interesting to look at, and he's the character he's going to use it the most, so that's why they gave it to him. Um, so Cobb makes peace with his guilt over Maul because we learned that the reason he knows Inception's possible is he planted Inception into Maul the first time when they were trapped in limbo. He's the one who convinced her that this world is the real world, and that the real world that was the real world that's the dream. So that's when we go back. She's all crazy, and she she's uh, always yelling at the kids, saying they're not the real kids, and frames dom kills herself that's why we you know he can't go back to the states uh it sounds like he's also wanted by this other company he's constantly chased by uh but that's just an excuse for action sequences which i don't i don't really care for um and so he makes peace he kills maul and then uh the everyone else starts kicking out uh Everyone starts kicking back up the levels. Uh, Killian Murphy gets his moment with his dying father in the in the snow world. Like that's like the the that's the Inception moment, which I like quite a bit. I, I like that. Uh, the only thing he can make out was uh, when his father was dying was disappointed, and then you find out that it's not what really happened. But he's fine in the dream world, disappointed not because he wasn't like him, but because he tried. And then he opens the safe, finds the pinwheel. And it's like, oh, you did care about me, Dad. And the other will that says to break up the company. It's the worst. No, I like that. I, that's the closest thing no, that Christopher Nolan's ever done to an emotional arc. That's the only part where I've ever I'm... been like, oh, that's nice. But whenever that happens on a deathbed, all I can think of is what a huge fucking waste. Like, you spend your whole life, you know, denying something or trying to do something better because you think somebody thinks one thing 
or you're just trying to make up for being an asshole your whole life. I don't know. It's terrible. Oh, so you just don't and like I it in general, even in real life. You just no, don't. I don't like that device. No, this was, he did it well in this movie. I like, I, I didn't expect the pinwheel and I didn't remember it from the first time, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that device at all. Mm. At all. I love it. I think it's the best. I think it's a really good choice, and it makes me like that whole arc even more. The Killian Murphy's character arc, even though it's a false arc, it's it's still good. Um, and Cobb is going to go find Saito because he got shot in the first level, so he's stuck in limbo somewhere now that he's died in the dream. And that's when we cut back to the beginning scenes, which is part of the whole confusion at the beginning. Is you see old Saito, who Nicole was confused to it was. He's like, oh, he's not Asian anymore. I'm like. <laughs> No, he's. I think he's still Asian, right? He's and just old. He looks like he looks like a um, when they take uh, Darth Vader's helmet off in, uh, yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Um, anyway, so he's he's old and he's at the table and they find Dom and it's basically what there was at the beginning of the movie and they do their little thing. Old man filled with regrets, uh, waiting to die alone. I'm um, gonna honor our arrangement. They do their little thing that they did earlier in the movie to remember and that's when we cut to them waking up on the plane with the music playing they get shots of everyone killian murphy's contemplating everyone else giving like the nod to dom like yeah we did it and saito's awake and he calls in and dom gets off the plane and greets michael kane and it's going back to the house and we finally see the kids faces the whole movie we haven't seen the kids faces at all we finally see the kids faces and then the scene that everyone remembers they pan down to the top spinning on the table and it's going for a pretty long time and it kind of maybe wobbles and maybe not and then the screen cuts to black so uh, what do you think nicole what do you think of the residents feel and uh what do you what do you think happened at the end there? Since that's that's the question everyone cares about for this movie. Uh, well, I mean, there's definitely a lot left up for interpretation. So you know, that's always a fun thing to watch. Is something that you can have a debate afterwards, or um, you know, you're, when you're able to talk to other people who have different opinions. I I like movies like that. Um, I don't know what I think. The biggest thing that I... I didn't look up any conspiracy theories or anything like that mm-hmm. about this, which is what I like to do. I didn't do that yet. So what I think is I'm most concerned about the children's clothes. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the reason I said that... <laughs> Very concerning. (laughs) Because in every layer that he sees them, they're wearing these outfits. And that's what I I can totally see why people would have the concern that that this isn't the real life. Because if the top has a little bit of wobbliness to it and the children look like they did from the past or in a different sequence... um, there's definitely something going on there. I don't know how real life this is. Um, it doesn't make sense that everybody else is fine and dandy. And you know what? I'm still. Th- I don't mean to make this long, but when you, when Brennan, when we and you were watching this at the end, when everyone gets off the plane mm-hmm. and the one guy doesn't recognize him, but everyone else does, why is that? Well, they met. They met. But right before they put him under with that drink, they they met, so he would know that he would have seen him so, before. So my own, like half explanation is when you have a dream, you don't really remember the full details of a dream when you wake up. You kind of mm-hmm. remember, and as even after only five minutes of being awake, you're already pretty fuzzy on the details. So some maybe you'll have a deja vu or something where like you see someone in real life, you're like, oh, that person kind of looks familiar. I've never seen them before, and it's from a dream kind of thing. And when he walks by Killian Murphy in baggage claim. Cohen Murphy does a little double, double take. He he does he looks he's he's like looking at a. They in they interacted on the plane. I know but, before he got drugged, he had interacted with him. I know, but I think you talking about the Leo character, right? Yeah, yeah, he interacted, but like just yeah. he wouldn't wake up and be like, "Well, I had this crazy dream. You were there, and you were there." Like I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's what would happen. And Dorothy was too. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I think. I don't think I'm understanding your explanation, but it's okay. Like I, I, 
It just it's just because you have a conversation with someone on a plane, you're not going to go and have a conversation with them in baggage claim and like, oh hey, crazy flight, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. Also, there there are people in first class because so those people are you know no, don't talk to me. Sure. Well, that's not how Brendan made it sound the first when we watched it. He made it sound like this guy has never seen this guy before in his life. And that's not true. No, I mean, other other than the brief meeting on the plane, which I, that's the thing is, I don't think I would. Rem- I don't know if I'd remember the person sitting behind me on the plane if I just walked past him. All right, I I understand what you're saying. Okay, that's fair. I mean, this the, the movie leaves so many things up to interpretation. So I I like that. I like that we can all talk about this and make um, assumptions about things when uh you know we don't really know what the truth is, and you know that's that's pretty cool. Overall, though. Um, if I am being honest, I think that it's way too oversaturated with details that are unnecessary. They're cool, and I think it was a way to show off what they could do with their with their budget. Um, but it's just one of those movies where we had so many ideas, we couldn't compile it down a little. So let's just kind of throw in all these cool things just to add a little more intrigue. And to me, it backfired a little bit. Um, the story is interesting. The characters are really cool, without, with the exception of Maul. She's very annoying. But overall, I wish it was a little shorter. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. What do you got, Mom? Okay. Yeah, I think my resonance and feel for this movie is also dictated by the the length and the overdoneness uh, of everything. Um, there was a character that we didn't talk about that maybe he is completely unnecessary, and that's the Tom Berenger character that just came to me now as we haven't talked about the him uncle? at all. Yeah, not very necessary. Uh, maybe a little bit. They, they built him um, into a false villain uh, as he's he's the one who yeah. wants control of the company. So I don't think quite unnecessary. I yeah. think everyone's still necessary. Yeah, yeah, maybe he is. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm gonna give it a three. Just flat out say that there. What I think happens at the end is, I didn't really. I mean, I noticed that the children were the same. We saw them; they were always the same. I don't really have that much of a problem with that. I think that the top fell, and I think that he's where he's supposed to be. Um, you don't have a movie where the main characters whole goal is to get home and then not let him get home unless you're planning on making another one of these which i hope that Ugh. he's not making another one of these and if you well, i think it's just kind of a pessimistic know, if, Nolan, if you if you think it did fall over it's just a pessimistic ending like he never escaped he never got back to his kids he's stuck in this in this limbo forever yeah i get that i just don't think that that's that's not how i choose to believe it would have it would happen okay um yeah, and, and, you know, Christopher Nolan, if you're going to make something like this again, what? how about you try, like, a nice little miniseries or something so that oh, we no, can this is what, take this it is what Tenet's going to be. Tenet's going to be a crazy mind-bending two-and-a-half-hour this. That's why we're doing this ahead of time, getting in the, in the spirit. Am I on, I'm on that. I'm on that, aren't I? Me yeah. too. You both that are. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, so there's that. <laughs> I'm really holding out hope that Tom Cruise is in that one, so. I gave my number. My number's a three. He's not. Uh, Nicole, I forgot to say, Nicole, do you think he is or isn't in the real world at the end? I didn't remember if you gave a... I don't think that he is. You think I think, he's I mean, the, the kids, The kids were in it's the same the kids exact clothes. location. They were wearing the same exact thing. Um, nothing has changed, you know, at all in the terms of him from when he has been exiled from the U.S. It just doesn't... It doesn't make sense. He stayed behind, you know, to deal with to find the other guy, I, I don't think that it's. I like Nicole's reasoning more because there's reasoning. Well, okay, it was just like I don't believe that would happen. He wouldn't write it that way, <laughs> and I choose to believe this. I like to look at the evidence. I think the evidence is fairly ambiguous. I think the kids thing works both ways because they are in the exact same spot in the exact same clothes, which would make you think dream. Then they turn around and we see their faces for the first time, which we haven't right. seen in the whole movie, which would make you think real yeah. because it's the only time we've actually seen the well, But has kids. he accepted his fate? And that's why you can see the kids. You could read but it But the that. grandpa's there too. The grandpa's there too. And that's what leads me sort of to believe that it's a homecoming. So. But we don't know that the grandpa, I mean, he could dream up the grandpa. The One of the major things that makes me think it's not is the only time we've seen Limbo is like hell beach land, including when Saito's there. Like the, the only limbo is that and when he wakes up 
he sees everyone like he would have had to have limboed on back onto the plane and then into the airport and i guess that's possible it could be a major time jump or something in limbo um but it doesn't that doesn't really jive with me if too he much. woke up in the if he woke up in the van he would be underwater right now uh yes they left his body in there but he was also in limbo so he was also stuck down there with sato for a really long time so, so I, I told you that when, when they pan to Sato and he wakes up in the plane, he just felt like he lived for 50 years and you were like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's how, that's, that's what the movie says. Um, but the, the ultimate reason why I actually end up agreeing with all okay and thinking he, he's out is the top wobbles. Top doesn't wobble when, if it spins perpetually, yeah. physics don't work that way. So if the top wobbles, right. he's out. It never wobbles yeah. in the dream. It's always perfect. So. Uh, I just, yeah, I chalk it up to, uh, real life physics in saying he's out. So that's, that's. You believe in science. I got it. I, I believe in the science. I mean, it, it, this is science fiction, but other than the time not making sense, it's fairly tight. He does, he goes out of his way to make rules that make a lot of sense other than the, the time per se. Uh, the time makes I don't sense. I want to show up in one of Christopher Nolan's dreams. I just want to be clear about that. I think the time makes sense, but I just don't think he follows his own rules. But that's fine. Uh, what was my resonance of feel? I think it's like a three five. Uh, I remember loving this movie when I was sixteen. So I think it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's probably the deepest movie people who've seen ten movies ever have ever seen. Kind of movie. It's still really good. I still I still quite like it. Uh, and I guess what the recommends here. I'll start with Nicole. Are you gonna recommend Inception? The 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 last three the last quarter. No, I won't even say that. The last two. Th- <laughs> oh my God, say this. You like the part last, of it, and you don't like part of it. I don't know. The <laughs> last, the last third of this movie is very intriguing. Uh, the dream, the dream, getting, uh, the dream thing, the dream. Yeah, the dream thing, the gravity thing, the really slow mo little van falling off a bridge thing. <laughs> I like all of that. Um, I don't much care for all of the description of what we're doing. I just would rather get into it and we can learn as we go type of thing. I just, I just feel like it was just way too over complicated. And for me, that makes me lose interest. Uh, especially when we're dealing with something like time travel esque things. So I'm going to say that I don't recommend it just per my taste. What do you think mom? Okay. I am not going to recommend this movie. I kind of figure it's been out for 10 years. Um, if this was your jam, you've already seen it. I, I don't know that I would want to have to talk to anybody about this after recommending it and having them wonder, what am I doing recommending this movie? It's too overcomplicated for its own good. Yeah, no, I, I recommend Inception uh, pretty wholeheartedly. I, I, uh, I think everyone who would like it, anyone who is going to see Inception if and like know who Christopher Nolan is, or even if you don't, if you just look, if you watch a trailer, if you're a regular moviegoer and you see the trailer for Inception and you see what it's going to be and you and you're you're sold the bill of goods. It's it's complex enough and it got enough interesting ideas where someone like me who watches movies more for that aspect and good technical stuff. Uh, it's got to deliver there. It's got tons of big fighting explosion sequences, uh, sequences for the popcorn flick goers. Um, it's got a couple of funny little things. Not a whole lot. It's not really his style. Uh, a lot of badass dudes doing stuff. Uh, Ellen Page is a likable female character as opposed to Mel. Um, maybe it's just like a dude-ish movie. That could just be it, too. Um, it's but yeah, definitely I, a dude-ish movie. But I... I <laughs> I, I I recommend Inception. Uh, I don't I don't think it's amazing. I don't even know if it's in his top half of his movies, uh, but it's it's a solid entry, and uh, I think most people I would recommend movies to. I would recommend this do so. Only one recommend recommendation for Inception two not recommends. Uh, so we'll see if Tenet follows suit. That'll be coming out in two weeks. I'm telling you guys, this Tenet is a two and a half hour movie where there's there's rules of time moving, and they have to go like. Do a, okay, stop do a talking job. about it. You're it's going to be very similar. Go. I'm t- Please stop. <laughs> I'm going to tell you if, you, if you can compare one movie to Tenet that no one's done, it's not going to be The Dark Knight. It's not going to be the movie about Please. magicians battling each other. It's going to be Inception. I'll also be wearing a mask while I'm watching it, so please stop. 
So that's a little preview for that. We got, uh, we should have Bill and Ted coming up. It's not playing everywhere yet, so we're going to have to kind of figure out what we're going to do there. It is VOD. That's the kind of time travel I can get behind. Bill and Ted. There we uh, go. For listeners, I gave the cold choice if she wanted to do Bill and Ted or Tenet. And even after this, she picked Tenet. That's how much she doesn't <laughs> want to do Bill and Ted. Um, <laughs> but uh, Maybe uh, I'm I, just a glutton for punishment. I don't, no, you're not. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> you, you are not. Uh, we got some more streaming <laughs> reviews coming up. If you want to recommend anything to us, we still got slots. Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. You can reach out on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. And as I said last week, we are also on YouTube now. Just look up films with the women in my life we just have a couple episodes old episodes uploaded on there so uh keep adding to that collection cool. as i go but uh we also have an instagram tournament going on pixar instagram tournament uh everyone loves the tournament so we're doing the top 16 pixar movies are facing off and the winner we will review unless we've already reviewed it because we've already <laughs> we've already done a couple um that's all the housekeeping for today. Um, okay, Nicole, thank you for being on for Inception. You're welcome. Till next time, this is Brian signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore pod host, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Delesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.